Hey y'all, so this summer I flew to Tulsa, Oklahoma to commemorate the 100 year anniversary of the Black Wall Street Massacre. It was historic, emotional, and a moment in history that should always be remembered. Thanks for listening, I hope you enjoy. I mean, we were walking over here and I was like, can you believe 100 years ago, this entire area was being bombed by people that were supposed to be in in place to protect us, um, but they were literally being bombed, being attacked for almost 24 hours straight. And they had no protection, no safety. And so to be able to stand in this area right now with all these beautiful black and brown faces and be able to gather here um, and feel some sense of safety and security, it's, it's almost... I don't know, it feels undeserving in a sense, um, but it also feels empowering that we have, we have to move forward. We have to make sure that we are building upon the legacy that was left here and that we're creating opportunity for people to come after us and that um, they understand what Tulsa is and, and what Tulsa will be. That was Ionia Casey on the importance of Tulsa in American history. If you're unfamiliar, in 1921 on May 31st, White mobs rioted and terrorized the Greenwood District of Tulsa, Oklahoma. What was once known as Black Wall Street, a booming and bustling black neighborhood, was erased by violence. Hundreds were killed, more than 1,200 homes were destroyed, and the thriving black businesses were gone. Sadly, even 100 years later, the Greenwood District still hasn't recovered. It's considered one of the worst racial attacks in American history. But the biggest loss never knowing how that prosperous area could have changed the world. 100 years later, thousands flocked to Tulsa to observe the horrific tragedy and remember those we lost. On those two days of violence, family history was permanently changed. I flew in May 31st and it rained just about every day I was there. It was gloomy for most of the week. After getting the rental, I drove straight to Greenwood and while walking up to the area, in the ground are metal plates that will tell you the business that was destroyed and if it reopened. I then run into Preston Neighbors, a few years younger than me, but very much aware of the magnitude the week held. I came to know about it probably a couple years ago, just throughout the history of Oklahoma. Uh, And I definitely don't feel good about it. It's something Oklahoma has done, and I feel like tried to suppress, kind of, and not tell the truth about it. But with more recognition and stuff, hopefully more things will come, and reparations or whatever the help people need from it. Well, I hope everyone down here and the survivors got some bit of joy or some bit of hope that something will come and this will be more of a talked about and truthful subject in the future. I took photos of the murals in the area, popped in on the storefronts, and noticed there's a feeling of hurt and overwhelming sadness. Ironically, there are countless people that didn't have any knowledge of the massacre before the anniversary, but made the effort to soak up as much knowledge as possible. And even with the information out there, it's still a lot to process. Baba Kwame Chakwe and Cynthia Crawford-Bell drove up from Houston and explained what this journey means to them. I had never heard of this. And I come here to find out what happened. And I'm finding out, what I'm finding out is more than what I could have thought about. I couldn't conceive of, you know. And uh, I'm glad I'm here. Very educational, very moving, heartfelt. My heart goes out, not just to Greenwood, but to all of us all over the country. You know, it, it's, it's, and it's still here. It's still here, it's still happening. Yeah. The burning, maybe not a whole big area, but several areas make up a whole area. So it, it's just, uh, it's a lot, it's a lot for me to take. And uh, it's just a lot. And I'm glad I'm here.
Thank you. And for me, uh, Brother White, <clears throat> the reason why I wanted to be here and I needed to, I was, I was drawn here by, through our ancestors. And to know that <clears throat> my people did, as I have always taken little or nothing and done the greatest with. Forty some years, let's see, 19, 1865 to 1921. That's less than 75 years. My math is correct. 35 in the 19th century and 21 years in this century. That that's, gives about 50 some years out of chattel slavery. Nobody gave us a manual. Nobody gave us any reparations. We didn't get no healing from nobody. Yet we went about, and we, it's, it's not like we wanted to be with these white oppressors. We've never wanted to be with them. That's all the propaganda that happened during the so-called civil rights era. But I wanted to come here and pay homage to the ones who are responsible for me and you for being here. For what? To come and just take photo shots, to come buy souvenirs, and, you know, and to and come by y'all? No. No, it's to, it's to join with my younger brothers and my younger sisters and ask, what can we do? I know we failed you. Bottom line, a Africans my age and older have failed you. Why? Because we gave in. We, we ate the Kool-Aid one time. We drank the Kool-Aid, excuse me. And we did it again through the civil rights era, thinking that these were people that we could possibly you know, live peacefully with. There is no such thing. And then when I get here, I find out that they're front and center in a parade. What do they have to do with the commemoration? They have, they have made no restitution. They haven't even reconciled even with, among themselves. And yet I got to see them in a parade that's supposed to honor the ancestors that were genocided or attempted genocide. And then I come here to a Mount Vernon church. And not only do they have security officers with, with semi-automatic weapons, they got white folks up here with those weapons, dressed in fatigue. Am I thankful I come? Yes, I am. I wouldn't have missed it. But how much work has to be done is just displayed about what I just shared, you know, with you and everyone else. And I want to say, you know, that we apologize to you all, but we thank that you all forgave us. Y'all got the courage. Y'all have got, you know, the, you got the intellect. And you know there was something wasn't quite, wasn't quite right. When you went to those schools and you were the only five or six, you know, African people, that you knew something wasn't right. And you know you felt alone. You know you felt unprotected. And we apologize. I apologize to you on behalf of all elders. Now, forgive us. And then give us another chance before we transition to make it right. Later that night, there was a candlelight vigil happening around the same time and on the same corner the destruction first took place 100 years ago. As the rain fell, this is what I heard walking up. I got some shelter from the rain outside the Greenwood Rising Black History Museum. That's where I ran into Brian Rowland, the 11th mayor of Prairie View, Texas, and we both recognized the emotions we felt and agreed it was a day to say the least. Uh, my emotions have been all around the table. I met uh, a, a fellow colleague. She is the mayor of Taft, Oklahoma. Uh, she was elected in 1973. She was the first woman ever elected mayor in any city. Um, and she, her name is Leela Fo uh, Foley Davis, and she's the mayor of Taft. Uh, I learned that Oklahoma had 50 black communities or black cities. Now they only have 13, and so part of it is just the emotion of um, engaging, going back to my community, which is Prairie View, and wanting to 
bring some of the same experience, some of the same opportunities for Black Wall Street thriving economically to, together. Out here in the rain, you see a multitude of mixture of people um, from all b backgrounds, uh, black, white, um, Hispanic, uh, just engaging and celebrating in this moment. And now it's the opportunity for reconciliation and now to move forward together, uh, promoting economic sustainability for this community. Putting on the centennial took years of planning. And then the pandemic happened and brought about more complications than anyone could have predicted. I met with organizers Ionia Casey and Damari Myers, and they walked me through the work that's being done and made sure the work continues. It was really making sure that people knew about what is happening here and understanding that Tulsa is fertile ground. That's really our biggest thing. It's, it's like the loss of opportunity over the last hundred years. Um, Citigroup came out with a study that said if we close the racial wealth gap, it will add $5 trillion to the GDP. Um, and so this is, this is not just a benefit for black Americans. I mean, it is, but this is a benefit for America as a whole. And so really the focus was making sure people got here and knew what is happening here and what is the potential of what is to happen here. So it definitely took a lot, but I'm so glad we were able to get everybody here. For me, man, this is just kind of, I'm, I'm kind of reflect, but it's kind of painful to know that just a hundred years ago, you know, people who couldn't read and write, you know, finally had the opportunity to take advantage of their education and make something out of it. Um, but for that to be just kind of damaged, um, just through envy and jealousy, you know, it set people back. Like a hundred years is a long time, and you have people who were finally able to kind of have a social security number, uh, people who made it through the three-fifths compromise and were finally able to be recognized uh, with the so social security system, uh, the U.S. government and all their hard work just kind of was thrown out, just kind of pushed down the drain. So, you know, it feels good to be able to say I took advantage of the education that I was able to receive um, and actually be a part of the efforts to kind of revitalize and kind of renew the Greenwood legacy and uh, really have a say-so and just take advantage of the opportunity I have now um, to push things forward. The next day was the Financial Empowerment Summit. There to speak was Hill Harper and Chris Gardner. Also available was Jewel Burke Solomon, a tech entrepreneur and investor. She's now in a position to help others build and achieve their dreams, but still very much aware of what was lost 100 years ago. It is a very emotional experience knowing what happened right where we are standing right now, knowing that there still has not been a real reconciliation for what happened. Reparations are still due to the survivors and to the descendants of, this, of the folks that actually went through this. It is a little bit emotional for me to be here and speaking at a beautiful event, knowing that. Um, but also I'm hopeful and excited about the reality of the moment that we have right now where people are at least recognizing that there is work that needs to be done and you have a gathering of people that have the positional power to actually make a change. So that to me is encouraging but recognizing the reality of the moment that we're in is also a little bit emotional. So it's, it's a interesting day. Tulsa native and event volunteer Sandra McClellan wasn't going to let the centennial pass and not be involved. She couldn't be any prouder of the fact the world finally is learning and knows what happened to Tulsa. I lived off Greenwood as a child, so I roamed up and down the streets and heard all of the businesses, saw the business, heard all the sounds from the businesses as a little girl. And in our neighborhood, it was like a village. Everybody knew everyone. Nobody locked the doors at night. You put the little latch screen on and went to bed. 
in churches, clubs, restaurants, lined Greenwood as a child, but I'm there after it was rebuilt. I'm not old enough to have survived. <laughs> and I don't have any descendants of my family because they came from surrounding areas and not from Tulsa. And I'm glad to see that world finally knows what's going on. I've watched BBC News and all news across the world. The highlights of the all eyes have been on Tulsa, Oklahoma. And we keep things silent. Silence is going to kill us. It, in, in medical situations, I'm a breast cancer survivor, and our families did not talk about that. And I think some of the survivors were just threatened by the fact to talk about it. But I was a member of Paradise Church um, and my dad's church, and, and the elders did talk about it to us. So we were aware of it, but we weren't talk about it. We didn't talk, wasn't taught in school about it. So I'm glad that we were able to commemorate the massacre, and I'm so glad to see there are at least three survivors who remain to tell the story, and it's our truth. So regardless of what people say, this is our truth. At last check, there are three remaining survivors from the devastation a century ago. And earlier this year, two of them made a trip to D.C. and testified to Congress, ultimately asking them to make it right. And if you try to put a pen and a pencil to what they're owed, I have no idea what the dollar amount would be. But when I listen to them doing their testimony at the judiciary hearings in Washington, D.C., I felt their pain. I felt their fear. And just imagine as a little child having to scurry to get out of the way to avoid what you didn't know was coming. Airplanes or shooting bombs and tur turpentine bombs. I never even heard of turpentine bombs being dropped from the sky. And I can imagine now that we've brought it out and they've talked about it so much over the past week, they're probably having nightmares still. And I don't know that the smell of smoke will ever go away in their minds and in their hearts. So I just pray that God blesses them in, in a time that they might receive recreation, that they at least have some time to enjoy some wealth. Thanks to the people of Tulsa and those who took the time out to talk. Special shout out to Maya Rocky Moore Cummings. I have information in the show notes about how you can support Tulsa and Greenwood Rising. Editorial oversight and production support is provided by Christina Sturdivant-Sani. Our music is by Mark Henry Beats, and our photo is by Evan White. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at TPYMPod, on Instagram at The People You Meet Pod, and The People You Meet Podcast on Facebook. If you like this episode or any others, be sure to leave a five-star review and tell a friend to tell a friend. You can be found on Apple, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Heads up, I have a special series I'll be dropping this month, so please be on the lookout for that. I'm your host, Richard White, and once again, thank you for listening. Until next time. I encourage and challenge you to educate yourself more on the Black Wall Street Massacre. Take care and be safe.